The Money Show. Small business. Pablo Fetides, as I live and breathe, I have been waiting for weeks, if not months, for this moment to welcome you back to The Money Show. Have you had a good, long, extended and luxurious holiday? No, I wish I could say I did, Bruce. But you know, I keep, forget- I keep forgetting you- you're also a cheapskate, so of course you didn't. <laughs> no, but what do you do? You, you don't go away. The beaches were locked down. You can't travel anywhere. So you stick around at home and uh, you stick around in a place in a space that has three or four screens with very good Wi-Fi. Your computer's up and running, something comes to mind, and before you know it, three days later, you've gone down a rabbit hole of really wonderful insight and new ideas, and, and, and. And that's what this holiday mostly was made up of. It was a working holiday. Plus, uh, because of some activity that, that I have in other areas, they don't take these big, long holidays over December. They normally take their holidays in August. So um, I kept busy and I kept out of mischief. I hope you did, Bruce. No rest for the wicked, they say, Pablo. No rest for the wicked at all. Now tell me, please, about this idea of impacts and remedies because you've been thinking long and hard um, while everybody else has been leaving you in peace um, and allowing yourself to think about strategy and thinking about how you tackle um, a world covered in COVID and from a domestic perspective, COVID lockdowns, bans of, of certain business lines and products and services and, of course, then add into the mix a, a little bit of load shedding just because it's not difficult enough. Uh, and so how do we plan for 2021? Yeah, you know, it's uh, I did quite a bit of consolidation and, let's say, percolation of the big issues that business owners had expressed to me over the period of last year and and extensively over the beginning of this year, Bruce. And effectively, there were kind of five things that really, really stood out. The first one has been access to funding. You know, in many ways, we um, naively believed that the provision of COVID funding relief would be made available to the SME economy, the small medium enterprise economy, and it would be done so in a manner that we were seeing and learning about in the United States, in Europe, in the United Kingdom, And those environments are fundamentally different to our environments and the funding that was made available, not even 10% of it was taken up for the simple reason that most businesses could not qualify for funding. And the big lesson in that when reflecting is we have to learn as businesses, as private businesses in South Africa to build reserves. And Bruce, depending on what's happening in the environment, if it's predictable, if it's stable, if things are looking good, if you're feeling good, a reserve should be calculated at around three months of your operating overhead. So whatever money you need to pay out every month, tally that up to three times and keep it in reserve in case there's a bump or something goes wrong. In the environment we are in, which is fraught with uncertainty, the Eskom issues, the political uncertainty and instability and constant wondering where we are, and then added to that COVID, those reserves need to be built up to accommodate at least six to nine months, Bruce. 
because as small medium enterprises you cannot rely on funding sources in South Africa they're simply but not available the very nature of the hustle that is running a small business in South Africa doesn't allow you that luxury unless you're going to be whole hoarding capital which then prevents you potentially from growing i mean is that a problem no because growing doesn't depend only on capital you know you want to apply the capital once you have got a business that's well geared for growth because a lot of the other issues that emerge for example the second big challenge was struggling to find new clients and what that means is that the business isn't geared for growth it means that you might well have started your business you went into the market with a, a service or a product or an offering you found some clients you started to build your business but you've never sat down and truly truly thought and really thought why why do i exist what makes me special in the eyes of my customer and my clients and bruce i looked at so many websites well-heeled businesses 14 years old 30 years old seven years old right through the spectrum and as you arrive at the business the first thing you arrive at looking at is a definition of the service or a definition of the products with pictures of the products and that suggests to me that that business is not well geared for growth that is a business that's really motivated by extremely old thinking around what makes a customer a potential customer excited The idea of struggling to find new clients really means that you need to be running consistent active campaigns and if you recall the message or rather the the show that we ended off uh, with last year after you had spoken to um the eventing business uh what was it called chaos theory um Do you recall that? Yeah. No, I certainly do. Absolutely. I um and yeah. Andrew uh, Andrew Mad Dog. There we go. big issue over there and and I'm seeing this now extend almost right across the board is that during a tough period during a tough period if you know who you serve you must increase your marketing not reduce it not remove it not eradicate it increasingly we also seeing the difficulty of digital marketing so old ways of marketing businesses need to come back to the fore this idea of struggling to find new clients simply says it's not clear in your mind and in the method you're using to find your clients why you matter to those clients because even though the environment has changed and circumstances have changed it simply means that those clients are experiencing the problems they've had that you ought to be solving differently it was the second big issue that emerged When we you're telling us to build up reserves and things but for the vast majority of small businesses and certainly lots of people that are mailing me lots of people I'm watching on social media are telling me they can't even pay their rent they can't even pay their suppliers particularly in the hospitality sector in the restaurant sector in the booze sector everybody's looking for a break from somebody else and at some point um this this entire line of dominoes collapses in a clattering and very noisy heap Yeah, it really does. It really does and it's a real problem because if you look at the traditional business models that are out there, at least a very profitable business model, you have two areas of expense. You have your cost of sales, so all the activities involved, 
in generating your sales and delivering to your customers. And then you have your fixed overheads, things like rent, things like uh, your internet connectivity, um, things like lights and electricity, when they do switch on, when they do function, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Things like staff, people, employee costs. And increasingly, and what we said in the first week of lockdown, Bruce, and that's why people really ought to listen to the show, what we said is the single biggest strategy you've got to get right in the first three weeks of lockdown is to take all the fixed overheads, all the fixed costs that yeah. don't move and change in their value and variableize them. Do deals in whatever shape or form you can to link them to the performance of your income. And I'm not too sure that we necessarily, I think we understood it was going to be hard, but I don't think we understood how long the, the duration would be. Um, once we'd gone through the hard lockdown, we started feeling quite buoyant about the recovery. And we kind of thought, yes, one day we're going to get a second wave, but by then there'll be a vaccination. And government will make sure that there are plenty of vaccines to go. Oh, my goodness me, the second wave is here. Let's lock down again. Um, and mm. I mean, for so many people in the workplace or people sitting at home trying to work remotely or people who have been laid off, I mean, the levels of motivation in many cases, and certainly I'm picking this up on our SMS lines, on social media, levels of motivation are really quite low. Oh, they're very, very low. You know what one of the biggest anxiety was for a business owner? The business owner sits there at home wondering where his, her staff are at what are they doing? Are they wearing pajamas during working hours? Do they have sufficient access to bandwidth? Are they doing what they ought to be doing? In fact, what should they be doing? Because this environment is brand new for me as a business owner. How do I direct them? And here's the thing. There's a big, big difference. And we have spoken about this extensively over the years between employing someone to perform a job classically defined through a job description, classically found in a business. For example, marketing or sales or ops, as opposed to employing somebody to operate a system of activities. Mm. You see, the system of activities you can measure, whereas this broad definition of the word ops manager is very, very hard to measure on a comparative basis. In these instances, the migration away from broad job descriptions to very specific, specific job descriptions will empower you to continuously manage performance in a team on the basis of their output, not on the basis of their input. It makes managing and motivating a team far more effective. Yet, I've also heard so many stories of people who have grasped the nettle and have used the, you know, the, the, the chaos and the crisis to transform their businesses. And in some cases, they're doing considerably better. Or they're simply coping, but they're coping admirably and they're coming up with a plan. Uh, I recall chatting to Annette Hearn toward the end of last year. Annette is an asset manager with many years of experience who works at PSG nowadays. And she was saying as they went into the hard lockdown and all the cell phone stores ran out of data cards, they saw that one of the women's magazines was running a, a promotion of rain cards to get access to the internet. So they went and bought all the Cosmos or whatever it was um, in order to make sure that everybody had <laughs> some cards so that they could be connected via, via the uh, connected to the internet when they were sent home. And they did that in a couple of days. I mean, there have been some lovely stories of people who have really 
improved uh, their performance and really had to think quite hard about running their businesses smarter and better than ever before. And in some cases, some people are actually, believe it or not, better off than they were this time last year. Well, many are. Many are who responded and reacted very quickly. Those that are better off, Bruce, are those business owners that turn on and said at the beginning of the lockdown, three weeks, ha, I don't believe it for a minute. Three weeks, it's going to be 18 months, if not 24 months. So let's reset our businesses to survive in this environment with the 24-month runway ahead of us rather than a three-week runway ahead of us. That mental attitude, that mindset is, I think, what saved those businesses and, in fact, grew them. Pablo Fatidis, thank you. Pablo is the founder and director at Auric Business Accelerator.